the minute you shift your um, your frame uh, framework towards this idea that every single symbol that you see in your dream, every single image or experience is actually is telling you something, right? And it's not accidental. Then your dreams become completely different because you're dealing with information that becomes very valuable. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and I am really like today's episode. Okay, today's episode feels like a product of an unintentional yet intentional manifestation because it was the beginning of the summer and I've been having like weird, crazy dreams, at least for like the last year or so. And I was thinking about how I really wanted to have a conversation on the podcast with someone about our dreams and dream interpretation because I find it all to be so fascinating. And then like back in July, Athena Laz ends up in my inbox and I was like, oh my God, Okay, yes, we are having this conversation. So this episode does not disappoint. It is a really good conversation. And before I even tell you about it, I wanna share a little bit more about Athena Laz. So she is a depth psychologist, dream teacher, and fourth generation intuitive. Her debut book, Alchemy of Your Dreams, A Modern Guide to the Ancient Art of Lucid Dreaming is out now. And this conversation, we really dive into why our dreams are significant, what happens when we dream, the role of intention in dreaming, and Athena shares her tips for strengthening our ability to recall our dreams. We dive into the connection between dreams and intuition, why dreaming can actually uncover areas in our life where we might need more help and assistance, and Athena shares too how our dreams can help us create a pathway forward. I very unintentionally shared one of my dreams in today's new episode, and Athena helps me interpret it in a way that I never would have. And then we dive into how we can better understand the symbols that appear in our dreams and the role of dreaming in exploring the world of consciousness. Plus, we chat about lucid dreaming, what it feels like, what it is, how it can help us, the connection between dreams and joy, Athena's biggest dream, and so much more. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I really want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. And so that's why I'm so happy to share that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The last year and a half, there is no doubt it's been difficult. And that's why I think now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. So this is how it works. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. And this service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp also offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, so you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too. So as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seek the joy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. 
Athena has helped thousands of people really worldwide discover the depths of their psyche and spirit through the medium of dreams, symbols, metaphor, and image. And as she shares in today's new episode, that is really the language of the soul. And she's also this incredible, avid, lucid dream teacher. So there is so much to know and learn from Athena. And I'm so grateful for today's conversation and all the wisdom and gems that she dropped. It really left such a profound impact on me. And as always, I I can't wait to hear what you think about this one. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Hit follow or subscribe wherever it is you're tuning in right now. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, you name it. Make sure you hit follow so that you never miss an episode. And Athena, thank you for just such a wonderful conversation. So without further ado, let's dive into this one. Really, a conversation on intuitive dreaming and lucid dreaming and all the beauty that comes from it with Athena Lass. So this is actually kind of funny. At the beginning of the summer, I was thinking to myself how I would love to have a conversation with somebody about dreams and symbolism in our dreams and how we really work out, I think, a lot of our day-to-day lives, you know, in, in our dreams. And then an email came through from your team (laughs) about you and your book. And I was like, wait a second, this is very exciting. So thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited Uh for this conversation. Well, thank you for having me. And I love that it happened in a very serendipitous way. Yeah, Um, me too. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to start off maybe, can we talk a little bit about your journey? I know you're a fourth generation intuitive. Um, You really dove into this world of dreams. Where, Where did all of this start for you? So from a very young age, I had a deep connection with my dreams and I I paid attention to my dreams as a child. It was just something that I did. It didn't come really from my family, I don't think, or or maybe I don't really remember that accurately. Um, But I, I just always kind of remembered my dreams and was able to one, work through a lot of stuff through my dreams. And then also I felt like I got very valuable information and sometimes insights that were so, you know, extraordinary that there was no way that that it could just be this sort of linear, um, this linear reality. So my dreams have always been, um, I've been very connected to dreaming, except for when I was in my 20s, which is kind of something I talk about in the book, right? And in my very early 20s, I was quite lost in my life. So it's probably the only period where I didn't actively sort of wake up and pay attention to my dreams. But at the same time, my dreams were crazy Hmm. um, during that period in my life, obviously, to try and get my attention. So that's really like the beginning pathway for me. And then later, when I sort of figured out what I wanted to do, what my talents were, where I could fit in the world, I decided I wanted to study psychology. I wanted to follow a pathway um, where I could learn from people who spent, you know, many years discovering what the psyche is, what it means to dive into inner world symbolism and, and just all sorts of things. And at the same time, though, I worked in a very esoteric shop and mm-hmm. just to make money. And I, my whole worldview expanded mm-hmm. during that time because I was going to university and reading about 
Freud and Winnicott and all these like really sort of old school psychologists. But then at the same time, I was going to work and I was reading books, uh, you know, from like Ramdas and Asho and all these other thinkers. Um, so it was just a very interesting period in my life. And all of that kind of weaves back into dreaming um, because it's all about consciousness, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting what you just shared that in your 20s, like you're all over the place. I think as most of us are, but that your dreams were really trying to communicate something to you. And I'm curious about that piece because our dreams are obviously significant, um, yeah. but I don't think we always recognize that or realize that. So to start, I mean, why are dreams so significant? What role do they really play Um in terms of also what you just shared about this element of consciousness, what, why are dreams significant in that way? They're so significant because every night our dreams speak to us personally about what we are, where we find ourselves in our lives. And they speak to us about not just the present moment, but the past and the future. And so in the modern world, we're very disconnected from our dreams. And, you know, a lot of the time it's something we, we view the dream world as something that's just this crazy thing that happens at night and then you you wake up and that's your real life yeah but every single ancient wisdom tradition speaks to dreaming as a pathway to wholeness well-being connection and insight and so I think it's just something I really feel like it's something that modern day people need to reconnect with in order to experience greater creativity problem solve um, gain insight through their dreams, right? So basically dreams can do a lot for you. Just it really depends where you at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so interesting what you said, like the dream, dreaming leads to greater or understanding your dreams lead to greater wholeness and creativity and, and depth of understanding for you. Because I can't tell you like how many dreams I've had where I'll wake up and I, and it doesn't make sense. Like the symbols in the dream are weird. It's obviously, yeah. it doesn't make sense with my day-to-day waking life. But the more I think about it, I think, okay, that's a symbol for this, or this is trying to tell me I'm looking for something of this nature, or I'm supposed to look this way. It's like you have to almost take a, a moment with yourself, I think, after you dream to sit with it, assuming you remember the dream, to sort of right. begin that like pathway to interpretation and understanding. And I know this is something you talk about in the book because, I mean, when we dream, we've got all cra- kind of crazy symbols and things that pop yeah. up. Yeah. And it's exactly it's exactly what you're saying. You know, so you're having these, and I think we all do, we have these dreams, yeah. these symbols seem so random so right? random sometimes um, yeah <laughs> like just so weird and they never cease my dreams dreams never cease to amaze me actually what the imagery can come up right what kind of imagery can come up but um my my feeling of it is this the minute you shift your um your frame up framework towards this idea that every single symbol that you see in your dream, every single image or experience is actually is telling you something, mm-hmm. right? And it's not accidental. Then your dreams become completely different because you're dealing with information that becomes very valuable. And your psyche, our psyches, and you can look at that word in a very holistic way, which we're actually looking at the soul here, our souls are intrinsically whole, they're intrinsically well, they we are we they know what to provide it knows what to provide us to a pathway of well-being and whatever it is in our waking life. So the symbol you might need, for example, 
say we both have a dream of an apple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually quite an ordinary symbol. We wouldn't think too much of it. But an apple as an image has a lot of collective ideas around it. If you think about Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. the apple in that way, if you're allergic to an apple and you dream of an apple, the dream meaning becomes entirely different. Or if you're just someone who really loves apples, then your dream means something (laughs) completely different. Um, So the symbols, when when you're getting these random symbols, it's really to look, to ask yourself this question, like why this symbol the story because it's not just like if you take one symbol by itself it might not mean anything but if you look at your dream as a whole the picture becomes a bit more clear Mm -hmm. so the question to ask is why this image in this way right now Mm. that's what I was going to ask you because I think for a lot of us when we have dreams that we remember, and I'm curious, I also wanted to ask you, you know, do we all dream every night? Because I think some nights I'll wake up in the morning and I'll think I didn't dream at all, but maybe I did. I just, the recall of that dream might, might just not be happening, but I think we have these symbols or these metaphors or these, um, common dreams that show up all the time. And so then this process of beginning to understand it, it sounds like for you, you're, you're saying, it's about looking at everything to combined and together. And I'm curious, like what role intuition plays with beginning to understand your dreams too? Because for a lot of us, we're on this journey of spirituality and tapping into our intuition. And as our dreams, I think become more pronounced or we remember them more. It's like, okay, like how do I start to actually really interpret this? Right. I, I love that question. Such a great question, right? Intuition and dreams to me are the same thing. Mm. in a way because the language of it is similar you know with with your intuition with intuition if you become very connected to your own form of intuition you'll know how to receive insight in the way that works for you and then generally what happens like say um you know you get a gut instinct the more you listen to that gut instinct the more you take the more information you get because you've learned to trust that faculty Mm. right that way of listening and it's symbolic most of the time. It can, you know, you can get intuitive insights. That depends on who you are, really. But that they can involve image or sounds or all sorts of things. In dreams, it's the same thing. It's a language that's really, and it's an intuitive language that you almost need to learn so that you can gain the insight. And it's a language, unless you lose the dreaming, where it is the language of symbol and metaphor and instinct and intuition. And it's brilliant because that's the idea. The idea is to bring the two together, right? Yeah. So you use your dream information and then you use your intuition. And what you're doing is you're strengthening the same um, process. I almost want to say drive, but it's not a drive. I don't know what it's almost like a muscle, it sounds like. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like we'll we'll call it a muscle, whatever it is. You're strengthening that process. I mean, I guess in psychological language, we would say it's an intrapsychic process, right? It's a fancy word for it, but really, it's just the thing that is intangible. Yeah. We can't explain it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and very and cool. as for people dreaming, everyone dreams actually all the time. It's, yeah. it's been proven, you know. But it's the recall thing. Most most people. Um, struggle to recall their dreams and even if you're very good at recalling your dreams you you can go through patches where you just don't and I think that's especially if you're feeling quite tired or if you're feeling a bit emotionally um you know if, if something's happened 
and you're feeling a bit emotionally tired, sometimes that just also plays into it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, so even if we don't remember our dreams, we're dreaming at night. And okay, so what if someone is listening to this and they're like, okay, but like I haven't been able to remember my dreams in, you know, X amount of time. Do you have any thoughts or insights or or tips maybe on how to begin to strengthen maybe your ability to recall those dreams? Are there things that you share with people um, if they're really interested in doing so, but they just they just haven't been able to? Sure. So the main thing that I would say is I would tell a person who's struggling to remember their dreams to try and think back to the last dream they remembered, right? Mm-hmm. So go and write that down in a journal and try and do something with that dream. So say, for example, they have a dream, even if it's not what a person would deem a positive dream. So say even if it's a nightmare or, you know, it's a hard dream, it's a, it feels hard to write it down and then to do something with the dream. So if it's a dream like where you out and you buy a handbag and, you know, something just like kind of every day, I would then go out and do an action like that in my waking life. Hmm. Um, and so that's one way of doing it because what you're really doing there is you're saying like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to now reactivate my connection, rekindle my connection to this aspect of my life. And it's very much like what we do when we set goals or if we set intentions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You want to create something in your life, you want to manifest something in your life, you're really applying all your energy and your attention towards one thing. And it's the same with dreaming. Um, And then there are very pragmatic things that you can do as well. You know, just like as you wake up in the morning, try not physically move your body. Um, and that's been proven to help store memory, um, dream memories more solidly into memory. Right? Yeah, and dreaming yeah. is super, super helpful. The more you do it, the more you recall your dreams. I've had some times, and I'm curious if this plays a role in it or if I'm just crazy, but I've had some times where I said to myself before I go to sleep at night, okay, I really, really want to remember my dreams in the morning. And when I've done that, I actually remember them more profoundly. Um, I actually did that last night because I wanted to see if I could remember my dreams this morning. So is that sense of like intention or being very mindful about wanting to remember your dreams? Does that play a role in it at all? I'm so curious about that because I've done that sometimes and it kind of works. It's it's weird. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm keen to hear if you didn't remember your dream. Oh, I did. And it was a weird one. It was so weird. I had two that I remember. Um, My grandmother just recently passed away. So I had a dream that I was very aware of her passing. Um, She didn't visit me. There wasn't anything of that nature. And then somehow it moved into, I was getting Botox. I've never gotten Botox. Mm -hmm. I've never had interest in Botox. And I was at this doctor's office and he was kind of putting the dots on my head my face where he was going to put the yeah. Botox and I was with my dad, which is such a strange person to go with me to go get Botox. Right. And in this dream, I'm not feeling very good or comfortable with the idea of getting so much Botox. And I was expressing this discomfort um, and apprehension to this doctor who then turned it on me and was felt like I was questioning his authority or questioning his um, professionalism. And my dad and I were talking about it on the side. And in the dream, I said to my dad, do you feel like he's being rude to you? And my dad said back to me, yeah, I do. I think if we just pack up quietly and leave, he won't even notice. And then I woke up. And the first thought I had when I woke up from that dream was, 
maybe there's an aspect of me that feels like someone else is playing a role in how I present myself or how I show up in the world. And I'm looking to take greater ownership of that. This is like five o'clock in the morning and I wrote the whole thing down. And I was like, I've never had a dream about Botox. I've never had a dream like this before, but it was really, it was really weird. It was like a super bizarre dream. Um, I haven't even told my dad about this dream yet, but it's interesting. Like the symbol of a doctor, like an authority figure, your parent, your father, you know, doing something to your fate. It was very, it was weird. But it is, it's amazing. Firstly, that you remembered it so powerfully and, and the dream incubation is kind of what you did by setting the intention there. Right. Yeah. But for me, Botox is also so incredible because it, it's literally numbs you from your feelings. Right. Oh, that's actually interesting too. Right, you can't feel, and so like a doctor or someone telling you not to feel or being overwhelmed by how you feel, mm. right? Because grief is enormous, enormous, yeah. And so, you know, the fact that your dad's saying let's just leave together, I would imagine that your dad is probably someone quite supportive, mm-hmm. um, or you see him as someone supportive, or maybe there's an aspect of yourself in that way. So, whatever you know, it, it, it's just to kind of feel your feelings, that's what I would. Wow. Okay. So, so interesting. My interpretation and then your interpretation as well. You really went to the feeling, the emotion aspect of the dream, that sense of numbing, which I'm going to be very honest. I've been awake for like three hours. It didn't even occur to me like that sense of that element of numbing and the emotion. So, so interesting how we can all have different interpretations of a dream. They can all ring true or resonate with you. And then of course, sometimes it doesn't. Um, and, and then, you're, yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry, I know I'm interrupting, no, you, but no, I just want to say this. And I really wanted to impart this message in my book. Yeah. Even though I've jumped in and said, like, what I think about your dream, you are the Which I loved, by the way. Which I loved, oh, by the way. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but really, at the end of the day, you're the high, highest authority for your own, um, on your own dream, you know, about your own dream. You know what a dream means for you. And the more you explore, explore it, it's really your own wisdom that is most meaningful. I really believe that, yeah, right? Yeah. So if an interpreter, interpretation doesn't sit well, then it, it's not for you. You know, and actually lots of, in lots of um, traditions, there's insight written into not sharing dreams with people who you don't trust and love because the way we word things, the way we speak about our dreams is just as important as the dream itself. Mm. right um so to always kind of speak well of a dream even if not well in the like you bypassing things but so that you give your dream a good resolution I think is also helpful oh that's beautiful thank you for sharing that so it sounds like too it's like it's almost an element of discernment for yourself too, of determining, and this applies to anything in your life, what resonates, what doesn't, take what you need, sort of leave the rest. And that's interesting that that obviously very much so applies to dreaming as well. Yeah, wow. very fully, right? And I think the more you, it's very much like your intuition, the more you use it, the more you you come to learn what, what it is for you, you know? And I think it's, you know, in some stages in your life with, in some parts of our life, we really do need help, right? I think there's yeah. also a big narrative that like you're supposed you know, be your own guru or whatever the thing is. And I'm all for that, but I'm also that when you need help, you can reach out and get it. And you'll know that, you know, we do, I think, innately know yeah. and time is. Yeah. Does that element of dreaming, can that uncover maybe the areas in our life where we need a little bit of help or a little bit of that assistance? I know we've talked a lot about 
you know, how dreaming kind of, um, paints this landscape of your psyche or, you know, this really kind of rounds out that element of your soul, that wholeness. But I'm curious, you know, through our dreams, if we can be able to interpret those areas where we may need help, where in our waking life, we're just not maybe fully aware of it. Right. It's actually the what I love about dreams is because we all have blind spots, right, in our waking life and things that wreak havoc. Maybe not, you know, to different to different levels, but our dreams will our dreams don't lie to us and you can't outrun yourself in a dream. You know, in your waking life, in our waking lives, we can do tons of things to avoid or to to sort of just like, oh, I don't want to deal with that, so I'm not gonna deal with it, really. Avoid yeah, that. Yeah. But your dreams yeah. In a way, they don't let you because if you know if you're avoiding it, you're not really you don't feel well, you don't feel good, and through going through the process, you end up in a space where it's actually real well-being. It's not well-being that you feel you say one thing but you feel another, you know. And it's a process. It isn't a de- it's not a destination. So I don't yeah. want anyone to think that there's this like end point. But yes, our dreams will definitely help us see things that we can't see in our waking lives the more we pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. And I think what you shared earlier about when we were talking about somebody who wants to strengthen their recall of their dreams, you mentioned Mm -hmm. about writing in a journal, you know, about that last Mm -hmm. dream that you had. And I'm curious, you know, when we wake up in the mornings, if that's something you suggest doing is like writing down our dreams or what we can do to be continue to strengthen that muscle, even as we're recalling those dreams to maybe strengthen our ability to understand them. Um, Do you recommend journaling about them? Is there anything else that you recommend people do? Because I just find this all to be so fascinating. (laughs) Um, Yes, I highly recommend journaling. And in fact, I've actually just created one, which is going to come out, I think, only in November. Wow, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I'll send you a link to it. But the reason um, I created it is because I wanted to make it easier for people to dream journal right because I think a lot of the time most people wake up there isn't a lot of time and it's the people forego journaling so in the book what I've done is I've made checklists where people can jot down prominent symbols right so like with your dream you'd write dad botox doctor and mm-hmm. um, but then you could also write the place or the emotion that you're experiencing in your waking life so that if you don't have time right in the morning to write out the whole thing you can come back to it and what I love about dream journaling as opposed to voice recording your dreams right which is a tip I see all the time and I really don't agree with it just purely because of this when you voice record a dream it's very unlikely that you're going to go back and listen to 300 seconds. (laughs) But if you write your inner journal, it becomes so blatantly obvious Mm -hmm. the themes and experiences that you contend with, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from the heart space. And it's kind of there for you in black and white and in the symbols associated to it and so if you kind of look over a period of time it doesn't even need to be a very long period like six months you'll see that yeah you'll see what needs work on but you also see at the same time if you write out your dreams properly that your dreams point you to to the solution the way out the path through right and so like for example I 
and I think I think this is one of the stories that I share in my book. I can't remember if it actually was or wasn't. I think it is. Okay. I wrote so many and then they got edited out and I can't always remember which ones were in. Well, if it's not in the book, then people definitely need to listen to this or this bonus yeah. story for sure. Exactly. Yes. Um, so when I was going through my like crazy phase in my 20s, I just, I mean, I had wild, wild dreams. But most of the time my dreams felt so frenetic and anxiety provoking. Like I didn't look forward to sleeping at all because I knew that I would remember, I very much remember my dreams, like whether I want to or not, I tend to remember them. So I would have these dreams where I'd be on boats or ships or planes or cars, but they would always be breaking down or the sea would be really um, volatile and I would never, ever be the person who was um, driving the car. I was never the captain of the ship. I was never the pilot of the plane. And I didn't click. I really didn't click at that experience. They seem like they're separate. But once I dream journaled and I did that for a couple of months, I saw that like I just wasn't at the helm of my own life. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was so out of control because I was not taking responsibility for myself. And so... I really, it was like this like aha moment for me. And I was like, okay, I've really got to just face what I'm afraid of and I have to move forward even if I'm uncomfortable. And the minute I decided to do that, I, my dreams complete, the narrative completely changed. Wow. And now I know that if I have dreams similar in tone, um, which I thank goodness I haven't had a long, one of those dreams in a very long time, I know that I am really repressing or avoiding something that I should sort of own up to, you know, so yeah, that's what I love about dream journaling. It helps in that way, hugely. Huge. I mean, talk about sort of like an untapped resource to allow you to sort of get to the root of your experiences, to get you to look at what you're not looking at. And then as you shared too, to create this pathway forward. And I don't know in, in sort of modern day society and sort of a Western culture, if Mm -hmm. we've even been instructed, taught, modeled, showed that, Hey, you can actually use your dreams as this pathway to transformation, to resolution, to deeper understanding. Like, this is so cool to me that if you Mm -hmm. begin this process of strengthening this muscle, so to speak, and really dream journaling or working to understand and strengthen those muscles around the dreams, you can really find this element of resolution, understanding, and a path forward in your waking life. Because you're right, like you talked about this at the beginning, we really as a society sometimes think like, okay, you have your waking life and then your dreams and the dreams are sort of inconsequential. No, they're like huge and they play a huge role in all of this. Right, massively. And I think we've um, kind of been robbed of that, actually, in the modern world. And I, at first, you know, when I was writing my book, I thought, yeah, maybe it is just a Western thing. And then I started experiencing a lot of dreamers from other countries. And actually, it's a modern thing. Even cultures that have um, deep roots in dreaming, I think modern people have sort of lost their connection to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yes, I think we need more dream teachers that are that can um, help teach people how to navigate their own psyches and as well as higher, higher order consciousness because dreaming is also a gateway into experiencing greater consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, every night because we have our regular dreams, our symbolic dreams, they're huge, they have huge insights for us, just waiting for us, right? Um, but at the same time, 
we can then take our practice even further and and do very active dreaming or what I like to call deliberate dreaming. And that's what, you know, most of us, I guess, in the Western world would call it like shamanic dreaming or vision questing um, Mm -hmm. or like, yeah, I guess there are lots of names for it. Um, But I don't think it needs to be, it doesn't need to be shrouded in so much mystery anymore. Yeah. Is this kind of like lucid dreaming? Exactly. Lucid dreaming. Okay to me is so lucid dream for anyone who's listening right just in case someone doesn't know it's a dream in which you're having a dream you're sound asleep your body is still asleep but in the dream you recognize like whoa I'm dreaming right Mm. so that's the broad definition of it but there are many um pathways to becoming lucid in a dream and so one of them is like you actually don't need to wait to fall asleep to go into lucid dreaming but it's kind of like I would say a more um like I, it's a more expert level technique yeah. um, than it is right at the beginning. But our dreams every night, because they are so bizarre in nature most of the time, I really believe are calling us to lucid dream also. And in a way, there is a part of us that wants us to wake up and to be aware and conscious on a greater level, which lucid dreaming provides us. And lucid dreaming is like the tool that will get you to that point. Um, you know, it's like running yeah yeah so you're so lucid dreaming essentially is you're in the dream and you're aware of your that you're dreaming so like what does it feel like does it feel sort of like waking life but kind of like different like what like when your experience what has that felt like for you so the first few lucid dreams that I had were completely spontaneous and I'd reckon I recognized that I was dreaming because I noticed like anomalies in the space. So I'd be at my sister's house and then I recognized a pool was in the backyard and at the time where she was living, there was no pool in the backyard. And then I was like, whoa, I'm lucid dreaming. Like what's going on here? Wow. It feels exactly the same as um, waking life does, but the parameters of reality are different. Mm-hmm. So in a lucid dream, you your intention and your words are very powerful so that you, so you can say like, I want to fly, I want to move my hand through the wall, I want to meet my guides, and the dream state will alter, um, which is a very incredible experience. It's very tactile, though. It's it's not like virtual reality. It's a very tactile experience. Yeah. I love what you said a little bit before about how it's kind of like choose your own adventure. So it kind of just feels like while you're in this dream space and you're aware of it, you have the ability to choose where you go, how the dream moves, um, how you move with it. So how can this element, I guess, of deliberate or lucid dreaming, how can it help us, um, you know, once we get to a point where we're able to access this and and have these kinds of dreams? So I think on the, the most fundamental level, lucid dreams help us because we become more conscious and aware in both realms of uh, being, right? So for me, the dream world is not this like false place I think we're dreaming all the time actually and our perception is what separates it Mm. so on a a fundamental level for me lucid dreaming is really about consciousness and awareness and carrying that energy through to waking life but on a much more pragmatic level right in a lucid dream you can attempt to heal something that you are struggling to heal in your waking life and there are published research studies and scientific journals that show that this has an effect um, and can have an effect. There's some some things that determine what makes it 
successful. Most of the time, it's the way you word things in the dream, right? Mm. Also, increase your creativity and so much more, so, so much more, right? Like, for example, there's a woman that I talk about in my book, and she's quite an incredible lucid dreamer herself. Her name's, I think, Fariba Borgenzona. And I might have pronounced her surname incorrectly, so just excuse <laughs> me if I have done that, right? Um, but so she is this avid lucid dreamer, and for two years she dreams with the intention of meeting um, the omnisus, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, no. um, like the sentient part of herself. I'm getting yeah. tongue-tied today. Yeah, right? all good. Yeah. <laughs> and so for two years, that's her intention. That's what she wants to do with her lucid dreams. And in her dream, she meets this Buddhist who she assumes, because um, in a lucid dream, it's like how you and I are talking, well, at least if we were face-to-face, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's really tactile. So she wakes up and she assumes that the this Buddhist is a, a meaningful projection of her own psyche, is like, a, you know, her inner Buddhist, this great yeah. insight that, yeah. you know, comes from within her. And something like 10 years later, she's at a conference doing a talk on a topic and she meets the Buddhist. She meets the very same Buddhist. And he wow. says to her, like, where do I know you from? Yeah, how amazing, where? And, she, and they recognize that they've, you know, they met, they know each other from the lucid dreamscape place and they go on to train together in both waking life and dream life. Wow. So lucid dreaming, right? It's amazing. It depends on your intention. You can have a lucid dream for fun. You can do it to try and heal depression. You can also do it for great spiritual pursuits. It depends on what you want, right? Wow. Dream life, I guess. This is so cool. And I know you, in the book, you, you walk people through how to begin to do this element of lucid dreaming. So people have to pick up the book for, for so many reasons, but this one in particular, I'm curious because that story just made me think about this. So if you have a dream with people in it that, you know, from your waking life, um, Mm -hmm. is it possible that they're more than just a symbol that you're actually meeting one another in the dream in that moment? I I fully believe. Yes. Wow. Um, Very cool. Yeah, and I think that that's the also the kind of thing that we lose um, in the modern world when we don't pay attention to our dreams. I think what happens, um, though, is that in the pursuit for most people is that we want these big, bold dream messages, much like asking for a sign in waking life, right? Mm-hmm. We want very meaningful things, and sometimes our lives don't call for that in that moment right maybe they do maybe they don't but yes you can definitely definitely meet guides sentient others I think past loved ones I very much believe yes you can wow wow yeah so fascinating because I've had I've had passed on loved ones visit me in dreams and those have been really fun and comforting and I've woken up from those feeling um feeling really, really good. And obviously there's an element of sadness too, but you feel really good. I I really do believe that they can visit us in our dreams. And then I've had um, people who are still alive in wake in the world and who have visited me in dreams, either to apologize or work something out that we just didn't do in waking life, which is also really fascinating. And I've woken up from those dreams thinking, did they just dream about me in their dream too? Like, would it be weird if I were to text them in this moment and be like, Hey, you know, this is weird, but I just had a dream about you last night. Um, so really, really cool, fascinating stuff that that's actually really happening. 
Yeah, and I think that's also it's so funny, right? Because that might be the very dream to get you to like resolve the conflict. With I was just your thinking friends, that right? too. Mm-hmm. That might <laughs> so be the catalyst. Absolutely! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm so yeah. curious about the connection between dreams and joy. Um, in yeah. your experience, it has diving into dreams, understanding your dreams, and really using them to facilitate your own understanding and development of your own higher consciousness and everything between has it led to greater joy for you? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I think there's a beautiful connection. I also do. And I think that, yes, I, I think dreaming is a, as a pathway is a joyful one can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's only joyful Yeah. Um, because I think that kind of sets up, I, I would imagine for me that sets me up for failure. So I wouldn't want to kind of pressurize myself in that way. But yes, it is a joyful path. And the more you do it, right, it's much like intuition because you're not in resistance with yourself. The more you pay attention to your dreams, the less resistant you are towards yourself. Because when you're dreaming, it's you and this great mystery that gives you dreams. So the more you pay attention to it, it's like you've gone, okay, cool, I'm listening, I'm paying attention now. Mm-hmm. You tell me what I need to know. And that's incredibly joyful and fun and amazing. And it's very much like when you're in your waking life and you get synchronicity or you ask for a sign and it comes very quickly, you know, because you, for me, that's, it's, it's such a joyful experience, but it's also like a meaningful one. And there's so much, so much reverence for, you know, the way we are in the world and the fact that we get to even be here. Yeah. (laughs) And that for me is joyful, but, you know, I imagine, I don't know if everyone would feel like Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm curious, you know, as you've been along this journey, as you've written your book and now you're preparing to share it, um, what if, is there anything that you feel like you've really learned about yourself along the way? Because obviously this is a very deeply introspective journey but I, I'm, I'm curious about that element of you know anything you really learned about yourself along the way that that actually maybe maybe surprised you a little bit there's so many so many things that came up whilst I wrote this book yeah. and my um I had two very big uh, big dreams whilst I wrote the book the one um was this complete nightmare and I dreamt that I dreamt that I saw a woman hanging and someone had cut her, like, it's quite a, I mean, it might have been wow. a morning here, but someone had, like, sliced her stomach and her womb, and I woke up, and then the next day I was speaking to someone who I didn't know, who had just moved into the sort of same area I was living in, and she was a very, very um, staunch, staunchly sort of, focused woman and I told her I was writing a book on dreams and her reaction was like incredibly negative and it was that kind of feeling of feeling persecuted and I knew that my dreams I you know I love writing I I would say I'm a writer more than I am a speaker I love teaching I love doing one-on-one things but so I think that dream came to me to to really like sort of show me like okay this is a a deep seat of fear I even feel uncomfortable talking about (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Right? How deep it can run. So that kind of, kind of, it did surprise me, but also like prepared me in a way for what I needed to look at. Um, And I just also had very amazing experiences um, writing the book where I was writing, I think, about 
getting a higher perspective. And at the time, I was on a farm. And as I was typing the words, this like eagle flew past the window. And just had, you know, so it was such such an incredible experience writing the book in itself. But yeah. then loads of times at the same time, we just wanted to just have my laptop, you know, like. And throw it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so interesting. So definitely, yeah, definitely. I think it takes courage to be creative, quite frankly. So yeah. A lot of courage to write, a lot of courage to share, a lot of courage to share that story about the dream. So thank you for that. I think we often have dreams or nightmares like that, where it's really um, unveiling or unmasking a very deep seated fear that then you have the opportunity to sort of work out, um, through putting yourself out there in a brand new way, through writing a book, through talking about it and all the things that come with it. I would love to ask you the question I ask everybody that, um, comes on seek the joy podcast. Uh, and that is what is your biggest dream? Um, which is so appropriate for this conversation, but, uh, what is your biggest dream? My biggest dream is that I would hope that for me, like that I would leave work and that helps other dreamers wake up. Mm. That's, that's my biggest dream. Like, I feel like if I've done that, I've done well. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you've talked about this a couple of times throughout our conversation, but if there's one big message for people out there about dreams, um, about that impact that you really hope to leave, um, what would you tell people? What is that like one maybe big message about our dreams? And I guess I would say your dreams are helping you listen. Mm. Okay. Mic drop on that. Thanks everybody. (laughs) Beautiful. Your dreams are trying to tell you something. Listen. And I think too, like part of it is, you know, having that courage in that moment, like you shared before about, about listening to them as they come to you. Yeah. And, and knowing that they, you know, your mind is not, your dreams are not out to get you. Mm -hmm. I think that's also sort of valuable, especially in our modern times um, where it can feel like that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Athena, I have loved this conversation. I have learned <laughs> so much. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. We've talked about dreams. We've talked about lucid dreaming. Uh, there's so much good stuff in here. So where can everybody find you connect, um, buy your new book, which comes out at the end of August, and this is going to air in September. So by then it'll Great. be available for everybody. It's called alchemy of your dreams, a modern guide to the ancient world of lucid dreaming. So where can everybody find you and your book and everything else in between? So my book is where you would find it anywhere in any um, great store and it's available actually all over the world. So in the UK, the US, Australia, South Africa, it's available. And online, I'm best found at my website. I send out um, a very good monthly email and I'm much more interactive on my email and my website, which is www.athenalayers.com and then on Instagram, athena underscore layers. Perfect. All right. So everything will go in the show notes, make it so easy for everyone to find you, connect and learn more. And just thank you for this really fun, beautiful conversation on dreaming. So thank you, Athena. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star 
rating, and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.